Welcome to Built to Scale e-commerce show with Darius and Justin, your backstage pass to the eight and nine figure e-commerce world. Hey, so what I sincerely believe is that a lot of businesses could go way higher and way further and hit 30, 50 million dollars a year if we just solve two things. And today's episode will be only about one. <laughs> I'll try to create another episode about number one. So one of them is having the right product which this episode will not be about. (laughs) Another thing is having the right marketing strategy and mindset, which is usually, you know, causing the bottleneck in the businesses that are stick at six, seven, eight figures. And the reality, these businesses usually operate completely differently and apply different mindsets when approaching marketing strategies compared to the ones that are making to 30, 50 million dollars a year. And the ones making over 50 million dollars a year, I'm seeing we are taking even completely once level higher marketing approach and going more in depth in certain subjects. But once again, that's a topic for a different podcast. Today, we'll be focusing about the differences between smaller businesses and how you can get to multiple eight-figure level at $30, $50 million a year. And honestly, it took us multiple years. I think it honestly took us about three years to figure out, you know. And even now, I can't say we fully figured out the path that the business needs to take to go from zero to this $30, $50 million a year, 100% consistently. We are really good at what we do now. But, you know, there's always like a space for improvement. And this is what I like to tell people and be honest about it. You know, no matter how good you are right now, there's so much more to learn for you. And whenever you say that you know everything, you just kind of like put a mental barrier for you from learning. So I'm just taking a step back here and, you know, just taking a honest look at it. So how we learned about this, right? Reality is nobody taught it to us, you know, and just said, hey, do this, like, you know, this is like seven, eight steps. Do it and you will get results. When we were just starting, it took us trial and error process to figure everything out. We were looking at what these big players in the market are doing and trying to replicate it and failing. And honestly, we failed like 99 times out of 100. But all of these small victories started to stack up and we have seen, you know, hey, maybe we're acquiring customers through this mean, you know, this strategy. We are combining with this PR strategy, this branding strategy, and we are capitalizing on this email strategy. And reality is what we figured out like the big players in the market, we are not utilizing channels as a typical lower tier business. And what I mean is, you know, like many lower tier businesses, we are looking at e-commerce and just marketing channels as a marketing channel. So for example, you're running Facebook ads, you're looking, hey, what type of returns I get from Facebook ads? And this is kind of a limiting belief, right? It sounds crazy, but reality, big tier businesses, we're looking at acquisition cost, break even, or sometimes running things to the minus at the start. And like Facebook ads is just the start of a customer journey. We might be acquiring customer, we might be break even, but we might be making money through all the other means afterwards, let's say email marketing, SMSs, community. And when we started to think about it, experiment and implement it, we kind of started to face one problem. How do we put all this knowledge into easy to learn framework or something, you know, that we could teach to our clients, we could teach to our team and, you know, something that could be kind of like a skeleton, what our, I guess, agencies overall built around, you know, about strategy that we use. And we came up with RST Commerce Growth Framework. So some of you guys that are already following us for some time might know about it. For other ones, it might be new. So I'll just quickly explain, you know, the logic behind the name and, you know, how it works. So why it's named Everest, right? It might sound strange, right? What 
the hell does Everest have to do with commerce? But reality, it has so much more to do with, you know, approach, how the climbers are climbing into the Everest. And it has so much sense to do with business evolution and growth. So whenever, you know, like say people are climbing into Everest, we never do it in one go. Reality is there are like multiple camps along the way when you're climbing into the Everest where people can rest, they can change tools, they can acclimate to climate because there are even places when you're climbing into the Everest where you have to spend a few days just to adjust your body to the lower oxygen there. And it's very similar with e-commerce businesses in general. When you're growing, right, you never want to do it, you know, like straight dash from zero to 100 mil, right? You do grow in bases and in each base, you change your tools a little bit. You implement new strategies, you evolve your thinking and approach. So now let's jump into how this Everest does work in general and our Everest e-commerce growth framework exists. So our belief and the core belief of strategy is that no marketing channel in e-commerce is working separately. They all has to be synchronized and working towards one common goal to get the business up. So usually how we start with strategy is actually taking a step back from all the marketing stuff. We go into the sheets, right? We have these developed sheets of planning, yearly, quarterly KPIs, goals, and actually looking at profitability of the business, taking into account all the fixed costs, human labor that you'll need to hire, depending on the ad spend revenue you're generating, and kind of try to predict like the best spots to set our KPIs based on return on ad spend, X scale for your business growth. This means, and the reality is, most likely you are making much more money actually to your pocket spending, let's say 100K a month on ROS2 instead of spending you know, 10K a month on ROS3. What might happen is that your, let's say, profit margin does decrease, right? But because you have fixed costs, fixed costs become much more significant part of your expenditure at the lower scales. So this is why sometimes when scaling, you can actually go down in raws and still be perfectly okay. And this is why, you know, it makes sense to step back, take a look at real profitability and real scale and set KPIs based on that. And this is how we usually kind of figure out our camp goals. And camp goals is kind of like the goal, usually for quarter, but it doesn't happen usually just in one quarter. Sometimes it takes two quarters. And then we figure out, you know, step-by-step approach, how do we get to this camp? So for example, we see, you know, hey, to grow this business for time X, you know, revenue, reality, we will be seeing that like ROS on Facebook ads will be decreasing, which means like ROS on the store level will be decreasing. So we need to adjust our overall marketing strategy, whatever it's from product positioning, bundles, new product introductions, or the marketing channel strategy itself. And now we are humping into a step two. So usually once we've kind of figured out like this big picture and, you know, the camps where we want to be growing through and seeing what's happening, we're adjusting things along the way. When we do a market research, mine sounds super simple, right? But so many agencies and businesses skip on the sport. We honestly spend about like seven days doing market research for our clients. And honestly, it's one of the most value and ROI generating activities that we could be doing. We dive deep into competitors. We dive deep into understanding the customers, their pain points, reading you know reviews on Amazon for your products, competitor products, going into forums, understanding what type of keywords people are using that are in your niche, what we care about, what we dream about, right? And what type of like things are annoying them. And sometimes it could relate very much into the advertising strategy we put on later on. For example, for cosmetics business, we learned 
But a lot of people are getting burned by ads and, you know, seeing what's being presented on Instagram, right, versus the reality. So this is kind of angle we took even to create advertising and we have a whole marketing strategy around. We took this angle that, hey, you know, first time there is a product that delivers on what it advertises. And it was like super strong hook. Even to this day, it's actually one of the best performing hooks for this client. And we are working with them like two years already. So the market research is what drives results. Step one, step two. And then we go into step three. And we usually focus here on one strong acquisition channel, and which is usually Facebook ads, because this is where we are strongest about. And honestly, I feel it's the most impactful channel that any commerce business could be doing right now. I'm not talking about ROS. ROS, usually you could get a little bit of high ROS in AdWords and sometimes even other marketing channels that are a bit more exotic. But if you get traction with Facebook ads, scale is imminent. You know, you can scale. <laughs> and we have clients where we're spending like 100K a day, you know, on Facebook ads. And honestly, it's not even the top of what it could be doing. So that's the trick, you know, and even with like AdWords, right? For the same client, we can't go over like 8K or 10K a day. So the scale is almost 10 times higher. This is why, you know, like Facebook has such a good starting point for any business. If you can get Facebook ads nailed, you will succeed at your business. And it's so easy to get seven, sometimes even eight figures with just that alone. So that's usually like the camp one. And it's really related to Facebook ads. Now, kind of the trick is, you know, why we choose one acquisition channel. Because I feel so many businesses at the start, we try to diversify way too early. And this means we do not have enough resources to do one thing right. Because if you're trying to hire somebody to do your AdWords, Facebook ads, emails, etc., you know, doing like four, five, six different things. First of all, your attention is split. And, you know, like each channel, whenever you hire agency or somebody, it needs attention from you. They might need some sort of change to the website funnel to make it work. And the difference between doing like six things versus one, it might be, you know, that, hey, it takes you one week versus six weeks to do the change that we request. And that's like a groundbreaking difference. So just focus on one thing, get it right, and it will actually even cost you less financial resource compared to like doing multiple things at the same time and them taking longer to succeed. Now on step four, right? This is where I would say, you know, we are like starting to real differentiate from our competitors. And we implement long-term investment strategy at this level. We implement conversion rate optimization. A lot of business owners have heard about it, but reality is like maybe only 1% of the stores are actually doing it right. We're actually doing A-B testing and seeing which, let's say, add-to-cart color or text or image or structure of a landing page is working better. And getting quantifiable data with like a software that really tracks, you know, that splits, first of all, your traffic. So you're not dependent on, let's say, you know, running traffic for, let's say, seven days when doing a change and seeing another seven days, how it affected performance. Because sometimes it's just market fluctuations. With dedicated serial software, you're able to split the traffic in equal parts at the real time. So this means one person goes to a landing page, another person goes to another landing page. And you're just getting so much more clear data and more accurate data this way compared to just doing like random approach. But the impact of it is in the long term. So we have had cases where we, for example, took a client from making $2.5 per visitor. This means whenever like a new visitor comes in, you know, we would be on average spending about $2.5 to $7.5 in about a year of working with them. And as you can think, you know, it, it was literally like tripling of your business just during conversion rate optimization. 
it allowed us to spend more on Facebook ads, maintaining the ROAS. And there are a little bit of diminishing factor of the Facebook ads and conversion rate optimization. It's kind of like the gimmick of a Facebook when you, if you're having higher conversion rate, Facebook ads does increase your CPMs, like cost per thousand impressions. And it kind of like, you know, isn't fully fair. But I guess what you can do is you still are getting some good returns here. And the trick is, you know, you're getting unfair advantage over your competitors. So if right now you're in equal space and, you know, you're having four or five main competitors and you are the only one doing it, right? So guess, you know, where after a year <laughs> you will be, right? You will be able to outspend them on paid acquisition and suddenly, you know, knock whole new level of scale. And this is where, you know, the differences of the businesses that make to 30, 50 million dollars a year starts. Conversion rate optimization, it does feed in into acquisition channel and marketing there. Now, once you have these base covered, you're making some money there. But trick is, you know, how you could be making much more from already existing customers that you acquire. Because the further you scale with Facebook ads, the more likely you'll be running on break-even. And it's completely fine to do that. If you can retain the customers and make them buy two, three times over a year. And usually the best and easiest way to do that is email and SMS marketing. We are even finding like a lot of synchronizations where you could be driving traffic from Facebook ads into dedicated landing page that's picking up these emails via some sort of like offer. And then you're selling people via emails and indoctrination into the brand. But that's more of advanced stuff. And, you know, this is kind of goes already a little bit outside of the skeleton of e-commerce growth framework. So, yeah. Another thing, you know, in retention part, I would say figure out how to build a strong community and branding around, you know, your brand, essentially. Because these things do matter. And honestly, we've seen, you know, the differences between brands that were having strong communities around them versus the ones that are not having it. Almost like, you know, two, three times high returning customer rate, which is absolutely crazy. And the thing is, if you do the branding and community building right, we kind of become your ambassadors that gets indoctrinated into your brand into your style and what you care about, you know, your kind of core message. And we start promoting you for their friends. And so you kind of start getting, you know, this expansion and network effect. And I think this is another very big key aspect that still a lot of businesses are underutilizing. And some of our clients honestly do not have huge communities, just like 500 members. But it's crazy to see like out of 500 members, 15 posts a day about the products, asking questions, you know, saying thank you to the brand. And another added benefit is that brand is able to interact with our customers and actually, you know, get direct feedback from them about what we like, what we don't, maybe what future products we would like to see. So it's kind of like stacking, stacking effect. Now at this point, I would say, you know, you kind of have already built up relatively well-working engine. Because you have acquisition, you have optimization in place, you know, you're optimizing your funnel, landing page, etc. And you're kind of like, you know, adding additional revenue for retention, email marketing, SMSs, community. So you have, you know, like full working cycle where you're maximizing your potential per customer. Now the trick is to add booster rockets to the same thing, you know, and really it's start to hitting like the sky high, you know, the top part of Everest where you're just adding more channels into the mix. Because you know that whenever you bring in customer, you'll be extracting the most revenue out of it immediately and you will have like long-term retention. So now you can be playing with more 
exotic channels, TikTok, YouTube ads, native ads, but sometimes it's not so easy to find traction with. And this could become your competitive advantages because you are having, you know, already working funnel. So it's much easier for you, you know, to run some TikTok ads, even, you know, break even versus your competitor who might not be getting the break even because your funnel is not so optimized. So that's the next step. And I think like step seven, right? This is what we started to dive deep lately because our clients level like really skyrocketed. You know, we're working with some of the businesses making 30, 70 million a year. And this is kind of where you need to start taking a little bit different approach. And you have to think about 10 years because these brands are more solid and you have to start, you know, kind of experimenting with stuff a little bit more. And PR, branding, influencers, and CEO becomes a huge moving factor here. And what I've seen, you know, like, of course, a lot of people are against PR, branding, especially from digital marketing background. When you come from where, you know, it kind of sounds daunting because you're not able to calculate returns of it. But the trick is what we have seen, right, from branding and influencer marketing, if you execute it right for at least a year, you're able to get your direct response return on ad spend up to 30% higher, which is absolutely craziness when we started to work with these established brands compared to your counterparts, which are maybe, you know, at exactly the same level, but just doesn't have a brand. The difference in ROAS is often about 30-40% because people know the brand. And suddenly, you know, this is how you unlock whole new level of scale and able to go further and, you know, just basically scale up your business to whole new level. So usually this is where, you know, I would say you are getting into this 30-50 million dollars a year category. And what I have to say is, you know, like these are seven steps, right? Of course, we have so much more depth into them because, you know, even Facebook ads itself, so many strategies and things to do here, how you can combine it with influencers, serial, you know, how to position the product, you know, how to package it, how to present the product right. Doesn't, you know, buy two, get one free versus 33% discount, which is working better. So many different questions. But the trick is to understand that we're all working towards one goal, right? So, my belief and our agency belief here is, you know, that it shouldn't be kind of managed separately. And this is what we are helping our clients to do. And often we are coming into our clients as an external CMO where, you know, we are kind of like taking over a full marketing picture and just creating this omni-channel strategy that's working, you know, about first of all, Facebook ads, but then, you know, making everything work towards one common goal and being synchronized. And this is kind of what I guess, you know, makes us different. And we just figured out that this is what we need to be doing if we want to be growing brands, you know, from anywhere like 50K to, to these like $30 million a year brands. So this is our approach, right? And I know I will be getting like a lot of messages about, you know, how people could be working with us. Like last few weeks, honestly, I have to really thank everybody who was supporting me and just sending me messages, you know, saying about the content we're creating, saying thanks. And I really appreciate your time to do that because it really matters. Sometimes, you know, when you're doing these podcasts, you're getting a little bit detached from audience. So each of this message really matters. It just keeps me going and more motivated. So for the ones that might be interested, you know, immediately working with us, we kind of are boutique agency, so we can't work with many clients, but I still highly encourage you, you know, to apply on our website. And it's usually, you know, we work with businesses who are making at least $50,000 a month 
for three months, have like amazing product ready to scale. Ideally, even at a higher level, but sometimes we just find like some really good businesses with high potential at lower level. And we just love working with them because, you know, we can exactly hit with like 30 million or even higher level in a few years. If you want to apply, you can do that on our website, www.kinks.agency without any.com or anything added. Or honestly, like the link to that will be in this episode's description. Or if you're listening on the website, you can just scroll down a bit and you'll find the button there. So yeah, guys, thank you for listening and see you on another episode. Enjoying this podcast? Consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. This helps us to grow and create more amazing content like this for you.